Welcome to the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast with me, Jenny Plant from Account Management Skills Training. I'm on a mission to help those in agency client service keep and grow those existing client relationships so your agency business can thrive. Welcome to episode 86. I've invited Conrad Sanders, the CEO of the Creative Copywriter Agency, to talk to me about how generative AI is disrupting copywriting. Conrad shares with me how his team are adopting tools and he names the tools that they're finding most useful right now. He talks about the limitations of AI written copy, what he's hearing from his clients about AI, and advice for you if you're an agency leader about managing the process of change with your team. If you're trying to do the same thing and integrating AI into your workflows. Let's go to the introduction now. Today, I'm absolutely delighted speaking to Conrad Saunders. He is the CEO of The Creative Copywriter, a content strategy and copywriting agency that blends lateral thinking with the science of strategy. Conrad, big warm welcome. Thank you. Thanks for that warm welcome. I'm delighted to be here. So thanks for having me, Jay. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Obviously, one of the reasons I want to invite you on, Conrad, is to get your observations around what's happening with AI and how it's disrupting copywriting particularly. But before we get into questions around AI, it would be great just to spend a couple of minutes just on you, the creative copywriter. You know, who do you serve? How do you help your clients? Yeah, sure. So I'll give you that. I'll give you the spiel, shall I? So we like to say that we we blend the science of data-driven content strategy and psychology with the art of creative copywriting, basically to help brands get their words right at every step of the customer journey and essentially grow revenue. That's the end goal for us. Copying content is a means to an end, and that end is usually, you know, scaling up and growing revenue. In terms of who we serve, so we... I guess I'd say we're industry agnostic for want of a, a better phrase, but we do work with a lot of big, sexy global brands like Adidas, TikTok, Mercedes-Benz, Panasonic, Thomson Reuters, and also a lot of tech and SaaS startups and scale-ups. We kind of help them on that journey to growth and success because they very much need usually to distill their message into like the right words. And content marketing comes very much into play when it comes to educating nurturing, convincing and converting their audience. So yeah, that's us in a nutshell. And tell me, just out of interest, you've named some fantastic clients here. How many clients are you having conversations with around the topic of generative AI? That's a great question. And as I mentioned to you, I'm quite, I don't know if this is unusual or not, but what we're seeing is that I would say it's, it's few and far between at the moment. As much as in the LinkedIn world and in the world that we're very much going to discuss, you know, this fast moving world of, of AI, or, or so it appears to us, when it comes to like, I think the bigger fish, as we call them, these larger companies, especially, and even the, the, to be honest, the tech SaaS and SaaS scale ups that we work with, hardly anyone has reached out to us or mentioned generative AI or ChatGPT, et cetera, at this point. I'm sure that's going to change. And I just think that, again, as I mentioned to you, I think smaller and more agile businesses, agencies, solopreneurs, et cetera, tend to be faster with these kind of things, tend to have maybe more, I don't know if we have more time, but more of a necessity to keep our fingers on the pulse of 
of this developing technology or technologies, but like larger companies, I think are just slower to the uptake, right? They've got these, whether they're archaic or not structures that are just not as fast moving. And so naturally I think it just takes a longer time for them to build in, you know, an AI copywriting methodology or generative AI strategy, or even feel the pressure and need to do so. But as I think we're going to delve into in this episode, for us, you know, we believe it's very, very important for us and for other agencies to embrace the technology, to really understand the strengths and limitations and to future-proof our jobs and our agencies and to ideally be, for us at least, to be the ones that will be the advisors when our clients do understand that they need to, to look at how AI can save time and improve processes and improve the output of whatever they're doing. So we want to be the advisor. You know, we we want to be the curator. We want to be the ones that are at the forefront of the discussion and really get it and really understand it so that the value of our agency is A, not lost and B, perhaps even more valuable because I think there's a huge opportunity here, much like the, the dot-com revolution, right? If you're not burying your head in the sand and you're embracing it and at the forefront of this discussion and understanding, there's, I think there's big opportunities for agencies that are doing so. I echo everything you've just said. I was like furiously nodding along as you said all that, because that was one of the reasons I invited you, because I noticed on LinkedIn particularly, you were at the forefront. You've come out with a weekly newsletter about AI and how it's affecting copywriting, opening your doors of your agency, talking about how you're using it, what you're spotting. Obviously, you're part of a group that I'm in where we're all sharing information and latest news. So I've seen that and I think I applaud you for that because... I think worryingly for me, I've seen a lot of agencies that are just not adopting it quick enough. And I think you're right. We need to be at the forefront because it's not going away. So you said that you're embracing it. I'd love you to share how you are embracing it in your agency. Yeah, sure. I'll start by saying that for us, it's not a new thing. It's not something that just we've all of a sudden been working towards because of ChatGPT, you know, being launched in November, we have understood for many years that AI is developing and large language models are improving. And again, in order to future-proof the agency, it was very important for us to keep a close eye on those developments, you know. And for example, GPT 3.5 has you know been around since 2020, and I think GPT 4 since August 2021, if I've got that right. So we've had a a good understanding of what it could do, you know, and there are certain AI copywriting tools that have been around for a few years using GPT 3.5. So Jasper and Copy AI, we haven't felt threatened and I will delve into that in a bit. But that first point is that what happened was OpenAI obviously released this free tool and the functionality of this chatbot, the fact that it feels like a very human conversation and the fact that it was free, obviously just blew up the internet, right? And millions, if not billions of people are now using it. And what that's done is it's opened the eyes of the world to how far along we are in this AI and large language model journey. And what that's meant for us as an agency is that it's basically meant that the perception of the value of our agency is at risk of changing or it is potentially changing. And what that's meant is that we've had to move faster, right? Basically what happened in November, ChatGPT being launched and all this hype and buzz, 
it means that naturally it's forced our hand in a way to like not just keep an eye on the industry, but really, really try to embrace it, build it into our value proposition, talk about it, share our learnings, et cetera, as you mentioned. So now I'll actually answer your question now. So how are we embracing it? Um, I'd say two main ways. So the first way is by going through a very well-defined process of use case testing. So we like a kind of scoring matrix at the Creative Copywriter. We love taking, again, that scientific approach to things. And we built out, you know, the spreadsheet with many tabs. What we've done is basically broken down or, or segmented every deliverable that we offer as an agency from, you know, buyer interviews at that research phase, so interviewing the, you know, the, the customers of our clients and following a certain methodology there through to, you know, brand DNA workshops. We've got different workshops there, content strategy workshop, through to, you know, writing a long-form SEO blog post. And then what we've done is broken down each of those deliverables into granular steps. And as an example, you know, long-form blog posts, you might think it's just a case of writing a bunch of words on a, on a Google Doc. The reality is there are so many steps before and after the writing the meat of the content that are crucial in order to get the success that we need to deliver our clients from, you know, again, interviewing subject matter experts at the client end, transcribing that, summarizing that, writing the brief. So account managers is where AMs come in. So again, things beyond just the talent team, the writers, et cetera, project managing it, you know, getting feedback and briefing from the client, structuring the content, headline formulas, all the kind of copy side of things that go into and then after the facts as well so you know getting that feedback process etc so we've really gone into this you know granular process and what we did is, is created two columns for a score out of five and scored each of the steps of each of the deliverables the two scores are based on how likely we think it is that ai can help speed up or improve that step that part of the process so that's out of five and then how much we dislike that step. That's the second one. And I think that's quite an interesting one because for us as an agency, it's not just about profitability, right? We're not just here. We, we're also growing like a, a great culture and a team of people that we love and that want to, you know, as you know, Jenny, like it's crucial to have like a, a, a team that are infused, that are enjoy working, enjoy what they do. So we thought it was really important to introduce that that score into the mix here, you know, we don't want to like take things away. That's why they got into copyright and that's what they got into the agency world and just go, hang on, we might be able to speed that up by 10% by using AI. Let's remove it, take it off your plate. But there are naturally areas of the process which people just don't like as much. Again, we can dive into the specifics in a bit and AI can really help to speed up and or improve. So that's the first way that we're really embracing technology. And I will add, it's quite time consuming. We're like, I haven't got a huge amount of results to share at this very point because we're in the middle of the process. And the second way that we're really embracing AI is, I'd say through our philosophy in a way, in terms of what we think the future of copywriting looks like, what we believe in. And by that, I mean, for us, we believe that the future of copywriting is very much collaborative man and machine, right? It's less a case of, you know, there's the chat GPT route where it's, and some people say, oh, you just need to be a prompt engineer, write a couple of sentences and you can write a, you know, an amazing white paper, et cetera, or a homepage. And I'll dive into why I don't think that is the case. The technology definitely isn't there and we don't believe it will get there, but we believe it's very much 
you know, the future is a collaboration between AI and humans, and that's where you'll get the best results. And based on that philosophy, we've been partnering with and having discussions about partnering with certain AI labs. There's one in Israel called A121 Labs who um, developed Jurassic One, that's their own large language model, and certain tools like word tune spices, etc., all of which are based on this shared philosophy that we have, that it's a collaboration. So again, unlike prompt, here's a 15,000 word blog post, it's much more of a word tune spices, an example, much more of a back and forth, a sparring partner. And so they're developing these really, really interesting tools that for us, we believe that's the future of copywriting rather than let's, you know, replace the need for a copywriter with AI. Fascinating stuff. And I'm sure loads of people are taking notes. Let's just go back a step because I think this is really interesting for those agencies listening. The way you've approached auditing what you're doing currently, all the services you provide, breaking down the steps. And then you've asked yourself the question, can this be replaced by AI? And do we want it to be, you know, or is it something we like to do? Because I think you've got a really good point. People get into writing because they love writing. (laughs) They love the process. So when you've finished that spreadsheet, and I get that it's work in progress, have you started to identify those micro steps that you could use a tool for? Has that already started, that identification of the tool and then use of that tool? Yeah, so good question. The stage we're at at the moment is that we're already trialing current tools on the high scorers, right, the ones which as I said, we felt are probably most likely to add value to the process. AI is more likely to add value to that part of the process and is not as enjoyed as much as other parts. So the way we're doing it, again, we have limited time, right? We're a busy agency. We're a busy growing agency. You know, we don't have all the time in the world to run these experiments. But the way we're doing it is actually, it is based on actual client work, so actual projects. So again, you're much more likely as a writer or a strategist, for example, to treat it more seriously, I'd say, if it's a, a, an actual deliverable that you have to create for a client, we're just adding a bit of extra time. We're like factoring in, project managers are factoring in, you know, let's say an extra hour for that blog post for experimenting with these tools to essentially see if it can help with these you know, points A, B, C and D from that process. So yeah, we are testing it out and we're already, you know, getting some results and getting a stronger idea of, where the strengths and limitations are. And I'm not sure if I mentioned that before, but the whole point of the use case testing for us is to understand the current strengths and limitations of generative AI. And, but more than that, also understand or get a good feeling as to where the technology is going. Because I'll be honest, from most of what we've done so far to date, we believe the technology is not quite there. It's okay in some places, but that doesn't mean it's not going to improve. And so I think exploring the use case in and of itself is useful. But we've even got on the spreadsheet, we've got a column on the far right saying, you know, does it help now? And if not, what would be needed in order for it to do so? Because I think this is a it's a work in progress. Like this is evolving technology that, you know, we all know is improving fairly rapidly and, and it will continue to improve. So we might park certain parts of that and go, right, it's not quite there. These tools didn't really cut the mustard. But in the next phase, you know, the next stage of their large language model, or let's say a more specific model built for that particular application, then that could be great. That could shave off 50% of that time, meaning we could use 
at 50% for more creative stuff, for example. So I think it's, like you said, it's a work in progress and like we need to like think about the future and where it's going, not just the now. And that's why we're doing it now to really prepare for a future of, of AI and human collaboration. Love that. And I absolutely, I 100% agree that this is what agencies should be doing right now as much as possible. It's testing, trialing, rolling up your sleeves and using this stuff because it's not going away. It's only going to get better, like you say. So in terms of, you mentioned that some of the tools were, you know, not quite working as you would want. What, you know, just as a big picture observation from your side, what do you think it can do and what can't it do? Can you give us a high level view? Yeah, sure. Again, I'm speaking to the copywriting world, obviously, you know, in terms of generative AI, you know, we're expanding with LLMs, right, large language models. And I think I can break it down in terms of where we've seen the value at the moment, in terms of what it can do, what it can help and is helping us with already. Research, first of all, that's an area. And I think I can break that into two subsets, if you will. So research in terms of like, and this is ChatGPT, for example. It's almost like having a, a subject matter expert that you can quiz, right? And that's extremely valuable when we're doing research into an area, especially a new field. As an industry agnostic agency, we have to you know, work with clients that are in different industries and have to quite quickly learn those industries in depth, the ins and outs of them. And obviously, we try to talk to subject matter experts at the client end but they're not always available. It's difficult to lock down those calls, et cetera. Sometimes you need to do desktop research to supplement it. And naturally, you know, Google search is great in a sense, but it's almost like quite one-dimensional. You know, you'll read an article and that's it. You take what you can from it. But imagine having someone there that you could dig around and ask further questions. So, you know, whether it's the US medical world and that that popped to mind because we've got a new client that we're, delving into that area and you can ask around you know it's imagine that thought leader that expert that's written that blog post was actually there answering questions when you had COVID you wanted to dig deeper that's very very useful in terms of like getting your head around a topic so more of a two-dimensional back and forth and then on the research side summarizing I think that a huge powerful use case for large language models is summarizing information both from a buyer interview perspective so there's tools like Firefly, which you can, you know, transcribe an interview and then summarize it. Very, very powerful because up until now, we've just been looking through transcripts and manually picking out quotes and things that are useful, whether we're interviewing subject matter experts or, you know, the customers, buyers of, of our clients. And also summarizing articles online. So Firefly has that as the option. Again, the technology is almost there. It's okay, right, for that side of things. But I think that ChatGPT, if, if the article is not too long, you can copy and paste into there and say, give me the key points. And that's very, very powerful. So research is one. I'd say that brainstorming and inspiration and almost that aligns with like removing writer's block in a way. So, you know, we use it for, if we're writing headlines, for example, we can say, chat GBT, give me 20 other options, for example. And, and sometimes it's not quite there, but it will just give you inspiration, food for thought you know, enough to get you moving and you can edit it and chisel it and, and get that piece of that headline or that CTA or something that you need. And so I think it's really helpful in that case. And writer's block I mentioned, 
we believe that this could be removing writer's block and word tune spices, which was the tool built by A121 labs that I mentioned, that's brilliant for writer's block. So the way it works is imagine you're writing a sentence or you've written a paragraph and then you want to add in an analogy because metaphors and analogies are powerful. They're one of their part of, we call it the creative spark lens in our 13 lenses methodology. I'll be honest, I find it quite tricky sometimes to think of good analogies but you'll probably see from my LinkedIn post, there's always ones in there. I always want to have at least one in a post because it's just, it injects creativity into that, into that content. So WordTune Spices, you can actually add a spice. You can click the plus sign and go, I'll add an analogy. And it looks at the previous paragraph and it gives you options. So if you don't like the first one, you can slide to the right and get different options. And sometimes the word is perfect. And there you go, just insert. Sometimes it's food for thought. It inspires you to create another analogy. It just removes that writer's block and it also helps with you can also add in a fact for example it will gather a a fact or a stat to support what you've just written or a counter argument so it's a great our writers love to talk working spices is more of a a back and forth sparring partner and i'd say that what have i mentioned i think three things that i'd say the admin tasks as well so where we're really seeing value is kind of all of the things that you do as an agency beyond the actual service offering in a way right you know summarizing an email chain or summarizing a call that you've had with a client you know sending out those more functional comms and emails that's all going to factor into agency profitability isn't it that's all time time is money so there's all the areas around in our case writing copy or 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 creating strategies for clients where it could potentially speed things up which is being really useful I agree with you. I think, you know, just as you said, research, inspiration, getting over writer's block and how amazing that you can also get analogies and metaphors. And tell me about this inserting of facts or statistics. How accurate do these tools tend to be? Do you have to then double fact check them? Yeah, I think think reliability is a big thing for us to mention because as I don't know if most people know, but the people who are involved in this world know that it's not 100% reliable. And OpenAI claim that, you know, GPT-4, which is the supposedly most accurate, most powerful large language model available at the moment, is between 70 and 80%, I believe, accurate. So while AI developers might think that's brilliant because in terms of the progress of the technology, wow, we've come so far. If you think about it, that's a huge amount of like inaccuracy and also what they call hallucinations. You know, if you've played around with it enough, you'll see that it makes stuff up in order to satisfy you. You know, the other day we asked, you know, about my other half, Nitsan, tell us about Nitsan. And if she's the managing director of the Creative Copywriting, and it's made up this whole backstory. So <laughs> one paragraph, it literally just made it up. And so, yeah, it hallucinates. It's not, uh, you know, it's 70 to 80% accurate. I'll be honest, even if there was 5% inaccuracy, that might even be even more dangerous in a way because then you might be relying on it to be 100% accurate. Oh, it's accurate enough. And if you're putting out content and you're supposed to be a thought leader, an expert, and it's making things up that are inaccurate, that could be very, very damaging and dangerous for a brand, even from a legal perspective, right? You've seen that there have been court cases that are starting to emerge, right? People, individuals and companies are trying to sue OpenAI because of these hallucinations whereby... You know, it's making stuff up, which is inaccurate and it's very risky and very dangerous. So back to a point, yes, you definitely should fact check. Currently, 
ChatGPT doesn't cite the source, but that's going to change quite soon, I believe. WordTune, which I keep mentioning, it does cite the source. So it brings in the stat, it cites the source. And yes, it's very important to go check it out, much like you would before the days of AI, right? You need to fact check. It's, it's important if you want to have a, a reputable, authoritative brand. And you're right. I think because this is happening and moving so quickly, the rules are shifting as we go. And like you, I was listening the other day about, you know, where have these large language models scraped the data from? Well, a lot has come from the internet, a lot of which has been copyrighted. So they've picked all that up from all these different places and are regurgitating it. So what's going to happen there? You know, could there be lawsuits in the future when the copywriting agents, authorities catch up with it? Do you think that if you do generate something using generative AI, you should mention it? in the copy if you've got any thoughts around that because i've seen that mentioned a couple of times yeah that's a good question i've seen you know i can't remember the name of that publication that have started just for certain topics are using generative ai you know chat gpt to create the without even editing and they've mentioned using it from an ethical standpoint i don't know i'm not sure if i the question is, how much are you using it? I think that's what it comes down to in a sense, because, you know, we've always used tools, right, as humans. That's one of the things that makes us human. And like I said, I think the future of copyright and content creation will be more collaborative. So if I answered that question and said, yes, I do think you should mention it, the question is, where do you draw the line, right? If you've used WordTune Spices just to unblock writer's block or add a few bits and pieces here and there, then I'd say, no, probably not. Or if you've used it as a sparring partner or maybe even creating some structure or a first draft generator, which you've heavily edited, I'd say no. Maybe if it's pure AI content, maybe you should. And maybe by doing so... <sighs> It's going to help you in a, in a court of law further down the road if you are taken to court based on, you know, copyright infringement. So I'm not sure. I don't know how I feel about that. But what, what, what do you think? I'm on the fence. I don't know. And I think yeah. you're right, because, you know, if you're using it for inspiration, but not to write the whole thing, then I would say no. But like you, if it was 100% written by AI, first of all, I, you know, at the moment, everything that they spit out, it's not up to what I would feel comfortable putting my name behind it anyway. But I know that's going to change in the future. I know it's going to get better and better. And obviously, I mean, the big brands are talking about having their own dedicated large language models, which will have their own data and their own tone and et cetera, et cetera. But until that time, we're using what's out there. Regarding favorite tools, you've mentioned WordTune Spices a couple of times. Do you have any other go-to tools that you and your team use quite a lot? We're using, I think I mentioned Firefly, which oh, yeah, is for summarising as well. So Firefly for, yeah, that research, summarising, transcribing, you know, that's useful. We like that word tune, as I said, for that human AI collaboration, co-creating copy. And we use Phrase for SEO. So Phrase is an AI-backed tool that is great for structuring outlines, essentially like SEO content outlines. And there is another tool that we believe has a very powerful and interesting use case, which we've been in discussions with as well. So they're called Writer. And if you can imagine, if you, if you know them. So seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. It's very good. Yeah. And they, so you can do a lot in Writer. We have been testing it as one of the tools that we're, we're testing. 
the thing we find extremely interesting is whether the technology is there with them yet or not, we believe possibly not right now. I don't want to say anything too too strong, but imagine like controlling the voice of an entire organization. So currently we work with, again, some big, huge brands like Acom, 60,000 staff members, for example. And when it comes to the daily comms of all of the people within that organization, you know, sales reps, customer service people, et cetera, writing social posts, writing emails. As a tone of voice agency, the only way we can currently help solve the challenge of, you know, keeping consistency across tone of voice and making sure people are slipping up when it comes to their CSR messaging and stuff like that. The only way we can really do it currently, pre-AI, it was through creating tone of voice guidelines, right? And training. Two things that we offer. They're great, brilliant. It's very important to create tone of voice guidelines, but the reality is they sit in the marketing department folder somewhere, right? Are the salespeople using it every day? No, they're not. And training, you do it once off, great. And then if people forget how to write and what they should be adhering to. So writer have come up with this brilliant use case or application even for their large language model, which is a specific one built on business writing. And that's essentially like a Grammarly for, if you know Grammarly, like imagine a Grammarly for a whole organization whereby you're getting recommendations, not just based on, you know, typos and grammars, but based on not writing on tone, not getting that sustainability messaging right, et cetera. And we find that very interesting. And that's why we immediately reached out and said, hey, let's talk. Because we build tones of voice and we work with big organizations. And we are looking at potentially becoming like implementers and the ones that could almost like send it in, implement it, manage it, create the guidelines, use our 13 lenses as well, our framework, as well as creating the brand tone and guidelines, et cetera. And, and then looking at analytics as well and it's just, we find that very exciting because suddenly it's like expanding our value proposition to a, an area and a territory that we hadn't really thought we could get to in the past and meaning that we could offer more value as an agency. How would that work out commercially, getting straight to the point? Like writer.com, you've got the skills, the experience, the know-how, you've got your signature process. They've got a tool, you approach them, you're helping them develop it, but then what's in it for you? Does that mean you become an authorised user or? Yeah, so it's, I guess it's like the early days of being a HubSpot agency, you know, awesome. a partner. So their subscription, like, which will probably come as no shock to everyone, that's software as a service, right? So there's a, an implementation fee for the, the company and an ongoing fee. And the way it works is that we would get a percentage of that. But way beyond that, you know, we would look at, charging for all the time for managing implementing building the strategy the tone of voice etc and reviewing analytics and you know i guess we would become that yeah like managers of your organization's tone of voice in a sense so yeah there's i suppose there's two ways of pulling in revenue via just the commission that we would make and then actually you know charging for our time almost like a consultancy in a sense and so yeah you know very interesting we've been testing it Right now, from what we tested, it didn't quite deliver on certain points. I'm sure it's going to improve. And again, the application is very interesting because whether it's the writer or another lab, there's something there. And we're just, at the moment, dabbling in different areas, having the right conversations. What I will say, because 
I know I've mentioned like moving quickly and, you know, embracing things and building into your value proposition. I want to say that it's important to move quickly, but smartly. Right. And I think that right now there are hundreds of, if not thousands, probably hundreds, let's say, of, of different tools out there being developed using GPT-4 and other LLMs for very specific different little applications. And I know lots of agencies and individuals like going after all of them and testing all of them. And what I think there's a bit of risk there. And the risk is that we think that, well, we're pretty sure that the giants like Microsoft and Google very soon, and there'll be some teaser videos out, are going to be building in the functionality of most of these scattered applications into the workspaces that we already use. So, you know, you've seen Google Workspace recent video where they give a little teaser as to, oh, you're going to have a little buddy that you can basically like GPT, that you can ask questions, it will give you answers. You can get it to summarize email threads. You'll be able to, when you're in Google Docs, it will be like a word tune spices. It will give you, so, you know, the options to like add things in. So I would be cautious about spreading yourself too thin with all of these different tools because we're around the corner from a lot of these, you know, the big guys, basically the giants bringing in a lot of that functionality to where we already do most of our work. So I think that's important to keep in mind. Yeah, I'm 100% agreeing with you. I think it's a Microsoft Copilot that's going to be launched and that's going to wipe out a lot of these tools because let's face it, there's a rush at the moment for all software tools to incorporate AI quickly. And obviously with the giants, as you say, it's just going to obliterate a lot of those companies. So it'd be interesting to watch. What other pieces of advice do you have for agencies? Because I think that was really good advice. Any advice from your side that are agencies that are really nervous about this thinking, oh my God, you know, I'm going to go out of business. Yeah. I mean, we've all thought it probably at certain points. (laughs) I'd say like my advice is perhaps in a sense, following our footsteps, if you haven't already, like first step is acknowledgement, right? Acknowledge that this is happening. Don't bury your head in the sand. I wrote a LinkedIn post a while, a couple of months ago about how my dad was a, you know, a graphic designer. He used to design by hand, draw big logos on pieces of paper and then scan it in and and reduce the size. And, you know, he was an illustrator, et cetera. And, you know, home computers came along, Adobe Photoshop, and he just wasn't interested. And he had to completely pivot because you know he was he was slow he didn't embrace it so first that acknowledge it is happening we're in the ai revolution and it's going to change every industry you know not just agencies like every industry i'd say where you're using a computer right it's going to change the nature of it and it might well change the nature of and demand for agency services but you know i think the advice is to Again, embrace it, use case, test, understand strengths and limitations in relation to what you offer and look at basically prepare for a, a human AI collaborative future. Like that's what we should be preparing for because it's coming. And with that, again, while it might seem a bit scary because you might have these processes and ways of doing things that have been the same for 10, 20 years or so, there's huge opportunities on the table. Like I said, dot-com revolution, you know, the ones that were, were fast and the, the first agencies and individuals to sort of be building websites, et cetera, like, like Spencer, for example, like they, they they did very well out of it. And I think, you know, if you can work fast and smart 
embrace the technology, et cetera, and, and build it into your value proposition because it really will need to be, you won't get left behind and you may in fact find yourself racing ahead and having an advantage over competitors. And an extra piece of advice is that with all of that, you need to consider the change management you know, factor and something that we have we've had some challenges in terms of change management because naturally, Nitsan and I have been like, AI, AI, right, talking about it, consuming loads of content and like spurting it out. And I would say, I'll be honest, hold my hands up and say at the beginning, probably not with as much tact as we should have or as I should have, because we've got, you know, copywriters within the agency that at first maybe felt naturally quite threatened, right? And they were just getting bits and pieces of the information. So we quickly realized that, you know, we need let's have a presentation. It was called YAI. And we broke it down and really explained thoroughly that our goal is, you know, and we reassured them that, first of all, we're doing this for very good reason. We think this is necessary to future-proof our agency and future-proof their jobs. We think it's necessary. But also, this is our philosophy. This is what we believe. We believe it's collaborative. That's what we're pushing for, you know, and try to reassure them that our main goal is to make sure that we all have jobs, we all grow, and that, you know, we're future-proofing everyone's careers. And I think that's really important. And like I said before, that we're not going to be removing the enjoyment from their work. We've created this system to do that because you don't want to have disgruntled team members that are fearful and looking to follow other careers. You know, it's really important if you are embracing AI, which I think you need to, to have your whole team on board and everyone focused on that North Star and in it together and really understanding why to be on board with it. I'm glad you shared that because naturally you are an entrepreneur or you both are entrepreneurial and that is naturally that you're going to be looking to the future and what's next and new things. And I think that's a really sound piece of advice. Be very aware of bringing everybody on the journey with you because everyone's going to be at different levels, aren't they? And some people don't, well, a lot of people don't like change. In fact, the majority of people don't like change. Yeah, <laughs> It can be scary. So I think what you did there, brilliant initiative, why AI, bring it on the journey. This is what we see as a vision. And actually, I would have thought that a lot of people felt very reassured that you're at the forefront of it because you're right. The questions are going to pop up from clients. It's going to happen very quickly, but you're prepared. You're on the front foot rather than being left behind yourselves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Conrad, thank you so much for this. You've shared so many insights. And I listened to your podcast with Marcus Kalki, and you did the same thing. You gave this really great structured process for following. So I just want to say thank you for that. Is there anything else that you feel passionate about around AI that we haven't talked about that you want to share before we close? I think, you know what, I think one thing we may not have done is addressed another limit or a couple of the limitations of AI, which I think as a copywriting agency CEO, I need to do, right? I think it's important. We talked about reliability, right? Which is, is definitely a limitation. I would like to add that very, very important is that, again, I'm not an AI expert in terms of the technology, right? I'm a copyright and content strategy expert and AI informed, right? And I feel like I can speak from a voice of authority when it comes to the relationship between AI and copywriting at the moment. AI is generative AI, like large language models are incapable of original and creative thought. That's one of the limitations. The way they work, as much as they create the illusion that they understand you, right, they don't, right? The way it works is that, yeah, predictive 
model. It's basically picking the next word based on the most probable next word in that sentence. Sometimes 100% most likely, sometimes 80 or 70% most likely in order to introduce variability so it doesn't end up with the same thing every time. It's based on the data it's been fed with, which is in the case of GPT 3.5 and 4, it's like it's one model to rule them all. So it's been fed on the internet, um, everything that's out there and the prompt that you feed it with, right? So then it's just basically adding one word at a time, most probable thing. And by doing so, what it's doing is most likely to lead you to a place where you don't want to get to with, with copywriting. One of the key things that we try to avoid is cliches, right? Cliched copy just comes across as generic. It doesn't grab attention. It doesn't grip you. It doesn't differentiate you. All the things you really need to do to convert and to, you know, stand out in a busy, saturated marketplace. So essentially, it's averaging the internet, right? It's feeding you this generic sounding copy and content. And that's something we found time and time again when just prompting it, even when we try prompting it with like very, you know, long prompts, short prompts, essentially it produces the same answers, right? Pretty much the same thing. And we did, we ran an experiment where, like I said, we, we created these three different prompts from different accounts. One was like really intricate. One was like a one line and one was in the middle, but basically asking for the same kind of thing. You know, write an article about content strategy, best practices, or cutting edge, I think it's cutting edge content strategy techniques. And it basically just regurgitated the same article, slightly different wording. You can change the tone of voice, but essentially it's the same, the same tips. So again, imagine how many thousands of other people are asking for the same thing. And while the tone might be slightly different using slightly different words, it's creating basically the same content, which means that the already very, very saturated world of content is getting more saturated, way more saturated, and will do. And it's also levelling the playing field. If everyone's using AI, everyone's at that same level. So what it means is that, again, I might be biased, real creative copywriting, right, real differentiation, real like critical and original thought will be even more needed than it was in the past because we're hit with a tidal wave of, sameness copycats saturation because that's really how it works even if you ask chat gpt it will admit that it's not capable of creating an original thought so i guess i'll leave you with that and there was what i'll tell you what i'll leave you with a quote which came from someone who just commented on my post the other day i'm going to try and remember it word for word it was brilliant he said the best way to use ai for copywriting is by being a really good copywriter otherwise garbage in garbage out and that's the truth of it. It's so true. And I'm so glad that you explained that because I think I'm with you. I, you know, you pick up a piece of copy that's written by a brand like Oatly, for example, and it knocks every other copy out of the water, doesn't it? It's just oozing personality. And everything I've read that you write, Conrad, and anyone listening should follow Conrad on LinkedIn because your copywriting's off the charts good. It's so engaging. I always read to the end. So there's that absolute skill around it. So uh, I just want to say a big thank you for coming on and talking about it because it is this hot topic at the moment. And I think what you've done is demystify it for a lot of people and calmed everyone down a little bit, I think, but also provided some tips for approaching it in the right way, in a measured way. So thank you so much. And if there's anyone listening, Conrad, that needs copywriting and wants to work with an agency, can you share the best way of reaching you? 
Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow and or connect. So it's Conrad Sanders. Hopefully there'll be a link down somewhere. And our website is creative-copywriter.net. So you can check out our online portfolio and have a dig around. I'm sure you will enjoy the website. And then, yeah, reach out through the contact form. Lovely. Thank you so much again. This has been an absolute joy. Thank you. Yeah, I've loved it. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Conrad and it's inspired you in some way to try some of the tools he's mentioned or perhaps approach trialing different tools in the same methodical way. If you're in an account management position in the agency, I hope you're starting to explore the plethora of different AI tools that are now available to help speed up your workflow. And if you want to keep up to date with how other account managers are using AI in their roles, then sign up for my newsletter because over the next few weeks, I'm going to be sharing use cases and tips for using AI. So you can go to my website at accountmanagementskills.com. And also, if you're considering account management training to help you be more consultative with your clients, add more value and also grow your accounts, which is fundamental to the role of an account manager, then check out the details of my Account Accelerator program. You can also find these details on my website. I'm going to leave you with Anne Mellinger, the CEO of internal comms agency Brilliant Inc., who describes the change she's seen in her team since they all went through my Account Accelerator program. I'll see you on the next one. The whole team is showing signs of thinking differently about their relationships, about identifying opportunities and and escalating those opportunities much more proactively than I've seen them do in the past. Um, Also more proactive outreach and relationship management type behaviors that I wasn't seeing as consistently across the full team. So there's both people at all levels are doing them proactively and even some of our more senior people are proactively coaching people to do it.